1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. So how about right out of the gate this morning, we tackle national home sales. What can you tell us? National home sales. So, I mean, we've had quite the year for national home sales, and it's been right across you know, the entire country. We have seen increases. And, you know, some of the provinces have surprised us, like Alberta has surprised us. We thought they would take a really hard hit, but they hung in there. And if you look at at the end of October where we were, we are up in terms of national home sales, and that is up huge, 32.1% year over year. How's that? Those are pretty big numbers. Are you surprised? I am surprised. And if you think about the three months that we lost for the uh, initial COVID break and how we're starting to go into slowdowns again now, that's a pretty good bounce back. And, again, right across the country, we're seeing a shift in the mix. So we're seeing people buying larger homes, larger properties, more land, and they're getting out of their smaller homes, their starter homes, their condos. That's driving home sales. So there's been a reason this year as to why people need to move. And that's what we're seeing. Now all of a sudden people that hadn't planned on moving for another four or five years, now they have to jump the gun and make that move because they need more space. They need more entertaining areas. The kids are home. They're moving in with their parents because they went three months without seeing their parents, and they they don't want to do that again. So, again, it's when people need a reason to move and they get that reason, you're going to start to see spikes in activity like this. So how did the first 10 months of this very unusual 2020 compare to other years? There was, in the first 10 months of this year, we had 461,818 homes sell in Canada. And that is up 8.6% from the first 10 months of 2019. And if you think about it, Tina, this is the busiest year since 2016. And 2016, if you remember, that was the hottest year on record. That's that's unbelievable, considering what we've gone through this year, don't you think? It really is. And it just shows that Canadians value where they live. They value home ownership. And, you know, no testament better than the year 2020 to show that, you know, Canadians are following in the footprints of their ancestors and, and they want to own a home. They want larger homes. They want to be comfortable in their house. They have equity that they can cash out of their current homes and put towards their home. So, you know, it, it's been a very, very volatile type of year in terms of the stock market and other areas, you know, retail sales, commercial space. 
but the housing market has continued to drive our economy, and it's been, you know, one of the bright spots of 2020. Now, while nothing is usual for this year, what do you see going into the last few weeks of 2020? We're going to see a bit of an increase for November. I mean, you know, luckily our our weather has cooperated this year and heading into the latter couple of weeks of November, we're we're still seeing, you know, 10, 12 degree temperatures, the snow is held off, and that's going to continue to drive the late spring market, if you want to call it. So even though that we're late into the fall right now, we're still getting a flurry of activity, no pun intended, and it's... uh, (laughs) it really has contributed to 2020 bouncing back. And by the end of December, we're going to see that 2020 did surpass 2019 in total sales, not only in York region or in the greater Toronto area, but right across the country. And I'm sure interest rates have helped that push as well, right? They sure have. I mean, money is so cheap to borrow right now. And what it's doing is giving people more bang for their buck. And what that means is you can actually pay the same amount for a larger home right now that you were paying a couple of years ago for, you know, a semi-detached home or a townhouse. So your your buying power is greater. The other thing, Tina, is people have more money to spend. They're not traveling. They're not going out to dinners. They're not going out to movies. So they have money that they have now saved up that they're putting into a safe investment, which is their home. Asif, as we wrap up our look at national home sales, take us through the big cities across the country. And what was it like in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Montreal? They were. I mean, if you if you look at September to October, there were a lot of areas that were on the rise and, you know, Montreal, Fraser Valley, Calgary, Edmonton, they were all on the rise. Toronto fell, uh, Hamilton, Burlington, Ottawa, even the greater Vancouver area. October sales were down a little bit from September sales. But you also have to factor in the seasonality to this. And, you know, typically October is lower than September sales. So although October may have been down from September, if you compare October to October, we were up everywhere. That's good news indeed. After the break, the incentives landlords are using to find renters. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties, and he has today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us once again is Ben Myers, president of Bullpen Research and Consulting. Ben, welcome back. Thanks for having me again. Ben, they say that the uh, pandemic has created unprecedented times for renters, and and we've heard this word unprecedented many times during the course of this pandemic. Tell us what it's doing for renters. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, been pretty shocking what's happening. Uh, you know, I do work with a company called Rentals.ca, which is a you know a national listing platform across Canada, and they, you know, they send me their their listing numbers, and I kind of crunch the numbers. So the uh, you know the GTA is is down about ten percent year over year in terms of rent across all property types, um, and specifically, you know, the, the downtown core. Uh, is is down in the neighborhood of 17% year over year in Toronto. Yeah, so so really, you know, I haven't seen anything like it my you know my 20 years you know covering real estate markets and uh, and what we're starting to see, especially with some of the newer you know purpose built rental apartments, is they're giving away one month of free rent, and in a lot of uh, new buildings, they're actually giving away two months of free rent. So pretty uh, uh, pretty huge incentives and in, and in really. You know what? What you would have thought a year ago at this time, um, um, you would never would have thought you'd see any type of incentive like that. And has the cost of rent actually dropped? Yeah. So uh, you know, we we look at all property types. So probably the biggest drop is happening in in condo apartments, specifically condo apartments in the downtown core. You know, people are not going to the office. We've seen an increase in units that used to be, uh, you know, short term rentals. I'm talking you know, Airbnb units. We're seeing a decrease in immigration. We're seeing people that you know would have been starting their first job, uh, you know, work from home. So they're you know, either staying in their university towns or, or continuing to live with uh, with mom and dad. And then you know the student population. I, I heard they're starting to let some of the students back back in international students, but the international students are big uh, a big uh, you know driver of of real estate uh, and rental demand in the downtown core, going to you know obviously. Ryerson and the University of Toronto. So, uh, and uh, again, up in George Brown College as well. So, a lot of those students are not coming. So, it's really created a a, a unique situation. And then you add on top of that, you know, the number of new completions that are happening in the market. So, we we operate kind of on a four year lag. So, when new condo sales are really strong, four years later, we see all those buildings come onto the market. So. Uh, 2016 and 2017 were well, 2016 was a record at the time for condo sales in the GTA, and 2017 smashed that record. So uh, we should be seeing even more new buildings complete and, and come onto the market in in 2021. And, and and as you know, a lot of those units are owned by investors looking to rent them out. And Ben, I totally get the uh, international student issue because my daughter studies in Montreal and. It was very difficult to get a condo for her in downtown Montreal. But now, right now, there's so many incentives, as you spoke about. If people aren't renting outside of the international students, if people are not renting, where are they going? Well, it's interesting. We've uh, we've talked a lot about this urban exodus happening. And I think, uh, you know, there's definitely been a young professional, certainly anecdotally, and I've, I've heard through some real estate agents that operate in some of these markets that, People that own a condominium are actually putting them up for rent and renting in another cheaper market. Uh, and some people are just straight not, you know, taking their, their leases up and they're deciding, you know, I'm going to move back to Kingston. That's where I'm from. I'm going I'm to live there and I'm still working at my downtown law firm, <laughs> you know, and, but, uh, but I, can, I can do it remotely. And uh, so we've seen a big increase. Certainly in, you know, page views on rentals.ca for places like Kitchener, Waterloo, uh, Cambridge, Guelph, Windsor, um, um, with, with people, you know, looking for apartments in those markets. You know, even with, you know, the Kitchener-Waterloo market has seen rents go up 10%, 15% year over year, but it's still cheaper to rent a two-bedroom unit 
in that market than it is a one-bedroom unit in downtown Toronto. So it just, <laughs> it just gives you a sense of how expensive it is in, uh, in the greater Toronto area in, in comparison to some of the, and I'm, I don't even want to say smaller unit, uh, smaller municipalities, but, uh, you know, municipalities that are even, you know, within an hour or an hour and a half of, of Toronto. You mentioned that some landlords are offering, you know, first-month rent-free. What other incentives are they offering? Well, we've seen some, you know, some of the some of the areas like you know obviously your York region, um, uh, a radio station. There there hasn't been the same decline in in, in rental rates in the suburban markets. So we haven't seen we uh, the same you know fifteen ten uh, ten percent declines in in Richmond Hill or or Markham or Vaughan or or Mississauga. They're, they're flat or maybe declined about five percent. So you're not seeing the incentives there. But in the core, you're seeing you know, some $500 off the first month's rent, and then the most expensive units you're seeing that one month or two months of, of free rent. And it's, in some cases, it's a negotiation. We don't actually know what's happening. So someone's going in and saying, uh, yeah, give me give me $200 off the first month's rent, or can you put in some window coverings? Can you put in a ceiling fan? You know, people are actually going in and, and making those requests, and some of the landlords are are kind of desperate, so they are taking taking them up on that. And it makes sense for a landlord to make an investment in this unit that's going to, uh, you know, uh, stay with the unit as opposed to just providing a, a discount on rent, especially in a rent-controlled environment where it may take them years to move back to the market rate if we get the vaccine and things go back to normal and demand gets high again and now you have someone in uh, in your, your unit paying $500, $600 less than uh, the market rate. And when did you start to first see people ditching their uh, condos in terms of when the pandemic started to now? Was there a bit of a lag in the mass exodus from condo rentals, or, or was it immediate? No, yeah. I mean, if you look, I mean, the, uh, the March numbers were obviously still strong because the lockdown really only happened in the middle of March. April was not too bad, but yeah, it took a couple months when, when people realized, hey, this is serious, you know, people are not going to be going back to the office anytime soon, um, or at least if they are going back to the office, it's not going to be a, uh, you know, the entire staff five days a week, so they, so they took that opportunity to say, hey, I can get cheaper rent somewhere else, and, you know, downtown is not giving me the same value that it has before, you know, I don't, I can't walk to work, I don't have all the restaurants and bars and entertainment open that, and I was paying for those premiums. And even in some cases, in some of these downtown condominiums where they have 40,000, 50,000 square feet of, of amenity space for it, for the residents, and you can't use that, or even if some of them are open, people are scared to use them. So they're not getting the value out of, uh, out of some of the amenities that you even have in some of those buildings that justifies them paying a huge premium for rent in, in those units. So, um, so it's, it's unfortunate for some of the condo investors, but definitely a be- benefit for, for tenants that have uh, continued to see rents increase, you know, 5 to 10% in, in, in the years prior to uh, the pandemic. So there is hope of a vaccine or two on the horizon. When do you think the market will return at least close to where it was? Well, I mean, to get back to peak levels, I would say it's probably going to take two or three years before that happens. Um, For for demand to get back to a somewhat normal level, uh, I wouldn't expect that till at the very earliest, the fall of 2021, but but likely not till 2022. Even if these vaccines get quickly 
um, you know, approved and, and the doses are out there and we're, you know, everyone's getting access to them. I still think it's going to take a, a long time before employees are comfortable bringing everyone back and, and people are, are comfortable getting back on transit, you know, getting back in, into work in close quarters to, to, to others, right? So I think it's going to be a while before we see any type of normalcy in the economy and then normalcy in our, in our real estate market. Now, with that said, Ben, what advice do you have for landlords or investors to make their unit more attractive at this point for renters? Wow, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would make it as clean as possible, and I and I and I would be a, the first mover, right? So if you see a lot of units at a at, at a higher rent, you know, try to try to get the try to get that lo- that lower rent in there, right? Because if you just keep waiting, and all those other units, then they start to slowly reduce their their rent, and then it may go even lower than what you're lowering yours to now, right? You might think, well, I don't want to be the lowest one, but in the future, with all this additional supply coming in the, in the market, the market rate may continue to go down. And, you know, the trend has been really from, from April to now, continuous downward trend. Uh, and again, this is more so in the downtown core. We're not seeing the same level of decline in, in the suburban markets or the greater Toronto area. But I would certainly be the first mover. I would try to keep it as clean as possible <laughs> and uh, and take great pictures. Obviously, if you can't, if, you, if it's not vacant and you can't have people through, um, uh, that would be my advice. You know, to uh, to be the first mover and and uh, and you know, this sounds terrible, but hope that there, when the market goes back to normal, that your tenant leaves and someone else will come <laughs> and pay a, a higher rent. So, and great advice and. Uh information as always if people want to get more information about renters or the rental market or to contact you how can they do that yeah my website is uh is bullpenconsulting.ca i'm on twitter at uh at ben myers 29 or at bullpen consult and and i would uh i would definitely recommend people go to rentals.ca check check out their national rent report or go to torontorentals.com and, and check out their monthly rent report as well. So both of those I write, so a shameless plug, but I think there, it, it's just tremendous information and it will give you, especially if you are a landlord, um, you know, a lot of information on, on what's happening in the market and, and check out the competition and what they're doing and, and where, their rent, where their rent levels are. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ben. And, again, we look forward to having you on soon. Perfect. Thanks so much. When we come back, this week's hot listing and your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Jerry in Markham. He wants to know, how is an agent's commission determined? Asif? Jerry, great question. So the agent's commission is determined uh, with the value that you believe it, uh, the agent is providing you. There's a lot that goes into selling a home and what you need to consider is what you're getting for what the agent is charging. So there's some agents that are full-service agents, and by that, I mean, they're going to 
They're going to calculate everything that they're spending on your home, what it takes to market it, their experience, their uh, you know level of expertise in your area, and they're going to have a certain charge that they're going to give to you or a fee that they're going to provide to you. And what you're going to do is you're going to compare that to other people. And, and as long as you're comparing apples to apples and the agents are doing the exact same thing, marketing the property the exact same way, you can then compare if uh, you know someone wants to do it a little bit cheaper. you got to be careful because we get so caught up in these percentages. And some people will say, well, I'm saving half a percent. But when you calculate that out and an agent that is the expert in your area is able to get you an extra twenty or $30,000, that half percent may only come out to a couple of thousand dollars. So just because you're saving a little bit of money, you may be leaving fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on the table. So there's a lot that goes into the uh, commission discussion, and uh, you know, you'd have to sit down with the uh, agent, find out what you're really getting in terms of value, and be able to make that decision. So walk us through some of the specifics of the process. Um, if I'm not selling my home and I'm just out with an agent looking for a home, how does that come into play and how is the commission determined at that point? So the agents do not get paid uh, from a buyer. The commission is determined by the sellers and their selling agent as to what they're going to be offering the buyer's agent and what the listing agent is going to be charging for their work involved in selling a home. So when when I'm taking out a buyer, they're not paying me my commission. The person that's selling the home is actually paying the brokerage, and then the brokerage pays their agents. So there's a, a few steps involved in how commission works, how it filters down through the channels, and what the agent is actually getting at the end of the day. Okay, our next question comes from Marta in Richmond Hill. She writes, we're hearing about those on the search for more space in 905. Yes, we've talked about it on this show. Do you think there are deals to be found in 416? Asif? Another great question. Great questions this week. Marta, there are deals pretty much everywhere. You just have to find places where the seller is motivated to sell If you're looking at detached houses, there's a huge demand for detached houses in the 416, just as it is in the 905. Where you might get a bit of a deal in the 416 right now is the micro condos. But now that a lot of investors have their eyes set on these micro condos, you're starting to see multiple offers again on those micro condos. So there's not a lot of deals. If you look at how much inventory we have, we do not have a lot of inventory across the greater Toronto area, including the Toronto core. And pricing is pretty much determined by supply and demand. And when you have a lot of demand, not enough supply, you're going to end up with a seller's market. So basically right now we are full-fledged in a seller's market. So if you do get a deal, you have to jump on it really quick. There's no time to think about it or bring family members to see it. You have to make that decision on the spot when you see a deal and try to scoop that property because there's going to be five or six or 10 or 20 people right behind you that are going to see that as a deal and that property will sell right away. Time now for this week's hot listing. What have you got for us? We have, again, we're talking uh, about land, and we have something in East Willenberry. It's a farm, 86 and a half 
acres, Tina, 86 and a half acres, and it is listed for just under $2 million at $1.999 million. So this property is located just north of Davis Drive, and it is minutes to the 404. So much you can do with it. It's prime farmland. There's no house on it, but you know you could you could build a house. You can rent it out to farmers. There's so much you can do with this. And for 86 and a half acres under two million dollars, this is a steal. So describe the area a little bit for us. What is it like? Is there development at all in that area? So this is on Center Street in East Willenbury. There's development all around. There's houses being built around there. There's so much going on in East Willenbury. Just down the street, you've got Upper Canada Mall. There's so much happening in that pocket that this land will continue to appreciate as we move forward. Asif, if the listeners want more information about this property, where can they find it? They can contact Steve Fleming, and they can reach him at 905-554-5522. And if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? Tina, they can call me at 416-985-CON, 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.